Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today I have NBA player, G League, Stanford, CMR player, a lot of different names in different places, but Josh Houston is joining our show today. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing great, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. So my first question I kind of like to ask, what gave you the passion for basketball? Uh, you know, I mean, I just remember being a little kid and, um, you know, for those who don't know, I'm adopted and my birth father played professional basketball overseas. Um, so I always looked up to him as well as I just remember, you know, watching the Bulls. I mean, I remember watching Jordan's Bulls and falling in love with the game through that and playing on the playground with my cousins and my parents and just, you know, really developing like a really early love for the game and just, you know, the fun that you could have playing it with your friends and family. Um, you know, as I got older, I started to see all the things it could unlock for me, the opportunities it could give me, and just made my love deepen for it more and more. Uh, that's awesome. So then, you know, you graduated from CMR. So what was it like to play high school basketball here in Montana and to get looks from the schools you did? It was great. Um, I mean, I loved CMR. I loved my time there. We were really successful. Uh, you know, I love Montana. I love Montana by, uh, high school basketball. Um, but it was tough. It was definitely tough at times. I think, you know, everybody would agree with me when I say Montana really flies under the radar as far as, you know, college basketball recruiting, especially at the D1 level goes, you know, outside of uh, Montana State and UM. Um, so I really had to work to, to be able to get my name out there. You know, I went to camps all over the country. I went to AAU tournaments. Uh, you know, in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. And, you know, I had to work really hard to get my name out there. I sent, I remember putting together highlight tapes and sending it to coaches all over the country. Um, so I, it definitely made me work for it. But like, you know, I look back at that and there's nothing but happy memories because it was this really fun, exciting experience that, you know, as a kid from Great Falls, Montana, like to be, you know, getting calls from these schools and getting letters, it was indescribable. That's awesome. So then you ultimately committed to Stanford, which is not only a huge athletic school, but also really well known for its academics. So how as a college athlete did you balance the athletic life and the academics of Stanford? You know, it was really difficult at times. Um, you know, college athletics is in and of itself a full time job, you know, practice every single day, games, travel, you know, and you don't, especially at a place like Stanford, you don't get the benefit of the doubt for from a lot of teachers where it's mm -hmm. like they oh you know we understand you had a game or you got practice like it doesn't doesn't work that way like you know I still had to show up and I still had to do things on time and get things done I mean I remember taking when we made it to the sweet 16 I remember um, sitting in a conference room in a hotel the day before the sweet our sweet 16 game taking a final like I, I there was just no there was no um leniency in that aspect but like I was grateful for it because you know it gave me like a true college experience um and it was always one of those things that like I from day one my parents taught me that basketball is never promised um and so you know I made a promise to myself and to them that I was gonna you know take academics seriously and by getting a degree from Stanford like that was something that even if I was able to play basketball for as long as I was blessed to I've still got that to, to use for the rest of my life. For sure, for sure. So 
you know, you mentioned that you went to the Sweet 16. So what was the experience of March Madness like as a college kid? A literal dream. Um, like I can't, you know, people all the time ask me what my fondest, you know, basketball memories are. And that mm. I, I have to always talk about that run that we made to the Sweet 16. Um, you know, we only made the NCAA tournament my senior year. And to kind of see all of our work, you know, kind of culminate into this really successful season where we were able to beat teams no one thought we had a chance of beating it was amazing and to like see our ourselves on national tv to see ourselves busting brackets to you know walk around this town and see photos of ourselves you know like is is amazing because you know we were all just and at the time we didn't feel like this but we were all just kids at the end you know what i mean like 21 22 year old kids and when you are on like I mean, outside of maybe the Super Bowl, arguably the biggest stage in sports right. in America, like it's it's really a dream because you know I attended March Madness in high school. I like to watch it. Like I remember, I made a bracket, still make a bracket every single year, and like it's really cool to know that I was a part of that and you know made history in my own way with you know to this day some of my best friends. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like those two or three weeks of March Madness, the world just stops and everyone watches it. <laughs> it's all anybody talks about. I mean, yeah, March Madness is, there's really nothing like it. Like, like I said, I think the Super Bowl would be the only thing I think that really comes close. Mm -hmm. For sure. So then when during your time at Stanford, did you know that the NBA was going to be calling and was going to be your next step? Uh, to be totally honest, um, not really until, you know, I had started doing workouts for teams. I was, you know, I, I kept track kind of where my stock was throughout my senior year. And I saw, you know, like, oh, you know, he's a late second round pick to undrafted. Like, you know, and I saw that and, you know, you take everything with a grain of salt, of course. But, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure where for sure I would stand. I was like, well, you know, I might not get drafted. I might, NBA might not be it. I might be going overseas, this and that. Um, and then I started doing these workouts for these, for these teams. I did um, 18, you know, pre-draft workouts. It was a crazy, crazy couple months, um, you know, and I was doing really well at them. And I started to see, you know, my stock climb. I started to, you know, hear rumors that, you know, I was working my way up in the draft. Um, and that's when it kind of started to become real, especially when I was showing up to these workouts and, you know, going against the best players mm. in the, like the best college basketball, college age basketball players in the world and holding my own. And oftentimes, you know, being the best guy in the workout. And it really started to give me the perspective that, you know, like I can do this. Like I, I, you know, I'm really making a name for myself. And, um, so I think, you know, to answer your question, like once, once I started to really see myself be successful in those workouts, that when it, that's when it really became clear to me that I could do it. That's awesome. So then you were drafted in the first round. So your stock rose quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and you were drafted to, I think, a really good team at the time in Oklahoma City. What was that experience like on draft night for you? Uh, I mean, other than my wedding day and my son being born, the best day of my life. Um, you know, I was in great, I was, you know, able to be in Great Falls for it. I was able to kind of have like a gathering, I guess you would say, at a, a local sports bar. Um, and 
I mean, a gathering probably wouldn't even be enough to describe it. Like somehow it, <laughs> it became pretty well known and there was probably like 150, 200 people there. Oh, wow. Like shoulder, shoulder to shoulder, loud. Um, and I got to say my nerves were crazy because I was like, what if all these people came here and I don't get drafted? <laughs> I'm going to feel pretty stupid. But, uh, you know, thankfully I heard my name called and it was really just this like moment of, wow, like, for you know, I was drafted at 22, and I had that dream since I was six years old. Like, 16 years of you know blood, sweat, and tears, and the dream, and it, here it is. Like, it's it's right here, and I essentially you know won the lottery. If right. you think, about, you know what I mean? Like, and it is to see all this work that I had done really kind of culminate into something special that I knew that like you know, no matter how my career goes, nobody can take it away from me that I did it. That I you know, was drafted in the first round that I got to hear my name called. Um, yeah, it was, you know, one of the most special moments of my life, for sure. That's awesome. And then, I mean, you've gotten the chance to play in NBA games. You've gotten the chance to play alongside Russell Westbrook and Durant on the Thunder. What were just some of your highlights of your career in the NBA uh, yeah. G League? And I know you went overseas too. So what was your highlights? Man, uh, there's so many, like the, the time with the Thunder was really special because I got to play with, like you said, Katie and um, Russ, Mello, Paul George. Like I got to play with these guys and I got to play against, you know, legends, you know, Curry, LeBron, you know, guys like that. Like I got to Kawhi, I got to be a part of that and, and experience that firsthand. Um, I mean, being, you know, on the team and on the court, you know, watching Russ, average a triple double for the first time like I was on this I you know started games against like I one of my favorite memories is starting against the Warriors at their place and we beat them by 20 and like I had a good game it was just this kind of crazy thing where I'm just like oh my gosh like I'm starting against the, the champs like uh unbelievable um and uh so that for sure, uh, I'm trying to think, just really the people that I've met along the way, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's pretty cool to like look back and think about all the people that I was able to meet from all over the world, from all walks of life. Um, yeah, I would have to say that that's probably my most special one is the connections that I've made. That's awesome. So then obviously you've gotten the chance to play in some pretty big games and pretty big arenas, but which one is your favorite out of all the ones that you've played in? Oh man. Ah, oh, geez. Um, my favorite, I think, you know, if I had to say it would probably be Madison square garden purely just because of the history. Yeah. I don't know how you beat a place like that uh, because of what it is like. It's, it's the garden. Like mm-hmm. everybody in the world knows about the garden. You think about all the history there. Like I got to like ride the freight elevator up to the gate. Like it's just like I played there in college and then in the NBA and, you know, to walk on the same floor that all the greats have walked on. It was a really cool feeling. Wow, that's awesome. So now yeah. I have two questions about individual play. Who was the toughest guy you guarded mm-hmm. and who was the best defender you scored on? Okay, toughest guy I've guarded. I've been asked that before, and my answer is always the same, and it's Clay Thompson. Yeah. 
um you know people are like oh it wasn't katie it wasn't lebron it was like well the thing about clay was like that he has is that he is you know a lights out shooter like he can shoot from anywhere on the floor and he has a really quick release he's the same height as me um he is fast he's strong and he never stops moving so like a lot of those guys like Katie or LeBron, they're like, you know, they're slower. They're not, you know, really under the basket, coming off all these screens, things right. like that. But that's what Clay does is Clay runs, comes off screens. He can attack the basket. He can hit mid-range. He can shoot threes. He can handle the ball. It was just, it, it was a nightmare trying to keep <laughs> up with that for long periods of time. Um, so that would be my answer for that. And then the best defender I've ever scored against. Oh man, you know, Uh, I would have to probably say when I dunk, I dunked on Embiid in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. So that's probably the one I'm going to have to go with is when I dunked on Embiid when we were at their place. Yeah, that would be a big one to go with. Yeah, that was, sure. that was a cool one. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So now I kind of want to, you know, focus. You've done a lot for the state of Montana and the community of Great Falls. What does it mean to you to now give back to the state of Montana? It means everything. Um, my whole life, you know, I, I've had the belief that like people's purpose in life is to make the world a better place in some way. Um, and I always told myself if I ever was able to be as successful as I wanted to be and get the, the platform that basketball can give you, is my responsibility to use it in a way that, that helps people. Um, I think what good, what good is a platform, what good is, um, you know, access and opportunity if I can't use that in a way that helps people. I think mm -hmm. if I, you know, just sat on it and just lived my life without doing things for other people, it would be essentially, it would honestly be a waste of a life to me. That's just how I was raised. That's how I think. Um, and I always want to, you know, a big, a really important thing to me is to work and help kids in Montana um, because I always think about like I want to be the person that you know I would have loved to see growing up or loved to like look at growing up and see the things that can be done um, you know there wasn't as far as basketball goes like a basketball player from Montana that I could emulate or look at and right. think to myself like yeah this person did it that means I can do it even though I'm also from Montana like I can be that and I want to kind of give this blueprint that I followed to, you know, help athletes be as successful as possible and to help my community and, um, you know, grow the love of the game and just make Montana an overall better place. That's awesome. That's actually was going to be my next question. I noticed you have like a mentorship program that you're starting up in Montana and just talk to me a little bit about that. So yeah, essentially what it is, is uh, I started my nonprofit, the Josh Eustace Foundation. And then through that, like our first major event is going to be, it's called the Montana Elite Invitational. And what that's going to be is um, I've assembled, like, uh, if you want to call it a committee of high school coaches, boys and girls from around the state. And we meet and we talk about boys and girls, high school basketball players, and we're going to select the best of the best, you know, the ones that we believe can play at the collegiate level. And, you know, we're going to get them all together at Carroll College, uh, the 28th and the 29th of May of 2023, and let them, you know, go through drills, compete against each other. And the really cool part is that I am inviting 
colleges, you know, from every level, um, NAIA, JUCO, D3, 2, 1, all the way up to, you know, watch or attend and see these kids in action because there's a lot of great talent in Montana that I think goes unnoticed. And I think by giving these athletes the opportunity to show their stuff directly in front of these coaches, I think we can make a huge difference in getting more kids to play collegiately, get, you know, college educations and in great, some cases even get their college educations paid for, right. grow the game and put Montana more on the map as a basketball location, because you know, as well as I do, Montanans love their basketball. Yeah. Like, there's no question. Montana yeah. basketball and there's some really really talented players out there that I think just aren't seen and so I think Montana is an afterthought in a lot of minds and I want to kind of shine a spotlight on these athletes and show like hey look there's these these kids can play look here come here it's worth your effort to come to Montana to watch because there's a lot of great talent here I think it could just make a big difference overall just because I mean you know as well as I do if you can give a kid an opportunity to further the education, to go to college, like you can, that can have a huge impact on the rest of their lives, on their oh, for sure. lives, grand, their grandkids' lives. So I think it's a great way to make a difference in that aspect. Well, that's awesome. And so, you know, you mentioned that it's the coaches that'll nominate kids. Is there a way for kids to get a hold of the program to maybe help, mm -hmm. I don't know, get them in the process even? Yeah, you know, and I've thought about that and I want this to be an open forum, you know what I mean? Obviously, like I can't have every single coach in the state on my committee. That's quite a few. That's, I mean, you know, as well as I do, like class C alone would be quite an undertaking. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so like I am always reachable at like my email, which is info at joshustisfoundation.com. People can email me there. Um, if you go to the website, which is just joshustisfoundation.com, you can like submit a contact form. And like my whole thing is if people, and I've already had people come to me with names, like I take these names and I say, you know, like I'm going to talk with my committee about them. Like people will know these kids. And right. like, obviously I make no promises whatsoever, but I want as many names to cross, you know, for lack of a better word, my desk as possible so that yeah. we can really do our due diligence for these athletes and make sure that, you know, everybody gets a look and everybody gets a chance to be evaluated so that we can really decide who really are the top prospects in the state. Um, you know, and, and my goal is to, you know, financially make this easy on them. Like if the kids need help with travel, like I'm paying for the lodging, for the food, uh, for the gym space, everything like there's not something, I don't want this to be something where money has to come out of pockets for them to be able to attend because I think that that's not a fair situation and I've seen it before it's it's not a fair situation when one athlete loses out on a chance to be seen or to go to these camps or AAU purely because of their financial situation um, so I want to make the playing field as level as possible in that aspect well that is awesome and I, I love that you're doing that for our state because as you know, with this podcast too, I'm trying to get word out that we have athletes here in Montana For that have sure. done huge things. So absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, like I said, I'm trying to make it as big as possible and as you know, as um, special as possible. So I just kind of have to drop like the like if um, you know this thrives on donations um, because it is hosted by a nonprofit. It's right. a 501 uh, C3 like organization, so all tax deductible to everybody that's listening. 
if you want to donate or volunteer or sponsor anything like that, I mean, just go to the website I mentioned earlier, joshustisfoundation.com or email me info at joshustisfoundation.com. I just have to plug that because, you know, like I said, I want this to be as special as possible. I get the shameless plugs. I've done yeah. those before. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's part of the gig. Yeah. Have to do them whenever you can, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Well, awesome. So, you know, as you've kind of looked back at your career, what are some things that you are really proud of and some things that you wish maybe would have gone a little differently? I mean, as far as things that I'm proud of, um, I'm at this place now that, I, you know, I've decided to step away from the game that I can look at things in a new perspective where it's like, you know, sure things, obviously things can always, you can always be more successful. You can right. always do more. And as an athlete and as a competitor, like that's what kept me successful is always striving for more. Mm -hmm. But what comes with that is kind of like this, like you're not always happy with where you are. You know what I mean? But now that I've stepped away from the game, I can look back and I can go like, wow, like I did, I really did everything I set out to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really proud of that because there was a lot of really difficult times and things that I struggled through um but now I can go you know like I'm proud of myself I'm proud of what I did I'm proud of you know the accomplishments I'm proud of um you know just all that I've been blessed enough to be a part of and you know when I look back and, and think about things that could have gone better um I mean everything like that's just because you know what I mean there's like this is um there's always a next step up right right like there's always, you know, you get drafted. Well, it's like, okay, well now I want to start. And then it's like, okay, well now I want to be an all-star. Okay. Well now I want to win a championship. Like, mm. okay, well now I want to be in the hall of fame. Like it's just, there's always something. <laughs> there's always something else. And uh, I try really hard to not focus on, you know, what wasn't done because I, I, and I've seen it, like I've experienced it. Like you'll always feel like there's something more. Like when I was in high school, I was like, if I could play D1. I'll be good. I'll have made it. And then I got there and I was like, okay, well, that was fun. Now I want to play in the NBA. Right. And it's like, okay, well, then I got there. So there's never a moment where you're like truly content if you keep thinking about what else could you do. So I try not to have any regrets in that aspect. You know what I mean? No, I completely get that. And so now my final question that I have for you here is you went over and you played overseas mm -hmm. and the overseas game is growing exponentially with a bunch of players coming over and it's just getting better over there. So what differences and similarities did you see between the NBA and the overseas game? Yeah. I, I mean, it is, it's still basketball, but it is pretty different, honestly. Like it, uh, the pace obviously is much slower. Like you see these games overseas in the sixties and seventies, like that's where they hang out um, mm -hmm. just because the game is played at a slower pace. NBA, there's defensive three seconds. Overseas, there's no defensive three seconds. So it's much harder to get to the basket because you get there and you've got these big men that are standing in the paint waiting for you. Um, so that's more difficult uh, than, I mean, overseas. Like if the ball is sitting on the rim, the defense can go tap it off the rim. Oh, okay. Uh, so like I've seen that plenty where like you think you've got a basket because it's sitting on the rim and then defense just goes up and just taps it off the rim and it's totally legal. And so that changes it immensely. Huh. I know, right? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> it takes some time to get used to for sure. Um, 
that and you know I always thought I like in your I was like oh you know I played in the Euro League which I was like that's obviously the highest level of basketball right. overseas that there is and you know I was like well you know they'll be good but like if they were NBA caliber they'd be in the NBA mm-hmm. I couldn't be more wrong there's a lot of players over there who absolutely 100% could play in the NBA but a lot of them choose not to because they're making great money and they get to live in their home countries. Right. So they don't have this same desire to go to a foreign country and maybe they'd make more in America, but like a lot of them are still making a million dollars and get to live at home. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that was really eye opening for me is just those guys over there. There's a lot of them that would be very, very good in the NBA, but, um, they just decide to stay home, which uh, sometimes I can't fault them for. No, no, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's like I, I know Luca was playing in the Euro mm-hmm. leagues at 16 and yeah. then came over I mean, here and just yeah. started dominating. The guys, the guy is different. Like <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy is just flat out different. And the Euro league er, is, is weird because it's like, if you average 20 in the NBA, pretty good. Yeah. The equivalent of that overseas, if you average 10, in Euro League, you're really good. good. Huh? It's just a much different aspect. Like if you go to play in the Euro League and you average 15 points a game, you're one of the best players in Euro League. That's crazy. I know. Very different. It's just so weird. <laughs> I know. It's just a much different game, and it's played in a different way. Um, I mean, for the basketball purists out there, they would say it's more pure, mm-hmm. more reliant on you know um, offensive sets, fundamentals, execution. Mm-hmm things like that awesome um, yeah it's fun to watch for anybody who has not watched euro league or um european basketball it's a really cool deal i'll have to check it out because i've watched the nba a lot but i've never to. never watched euro league <laughs> yeah, and you'll be shocked by how good some of the players are over there for sure oh for sure so one last time let's give you the email and mm-hmm. website of your foundation for the end of this yes yeah so the website is joshhustisfoundation.com and if anybody has any questions or wants to volunteer, um, wants to sponsor, any, wants to be involved in any capacity, email me at info at joshhustisfoundation.com. Like I said, this is purely based on being able to, you know, take donations um, and so that we can make this as special for these athletes as possible. Awesome, Josh. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time today. It was great getting to talk to you and talk to you about your career and how you've given back to Montana and Montana is proud of you for sure. Yeah. I appreciate that. Pleasure's all mine, Mitch. I can't wait to, uh, to catch up when I'm up in Montana sometime. Yes. All right. Talk to you later. Sounds good. Have a good one. You too.